First and foremost, I want to tell y'all thank you very much for tuning in. I know the episodes have been coming slow, but don't forget, I have not forgotten about you. And with that, let's kick it off. Um, The Chiefs won. I don't know if that's news to anybody now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Chiefs won. Uh, I thought the Chiefs was going to win. If you go back, check my Twitter. It's just, we're looking at greatness. We're looking at greatness and... I don't think, I just don't think that people understand how good Mahomes is. Like, I know we just got done with Brady, and Brady changed the game so much. He was in the game for so long that now that we have a great player, people still talking about the old great player, but we have a new great player in the league. And they're not a lot of great players in sports there's around three to four great like continuously great players and they're all not quarterbacks let's be clear they're all not quarterbacks i know we tend to think of a great player as automatically being the quarterback but they're all not quarterbacks uh we talk about great players talk about Mahomes. we talk about another great player you're talking about kelsey all right we're talking about another great player you're talking about trent williams like they're like their greatness in all aspects, not just in the QB position. Like those are probably three of the greats that are in this league right now. Like people who are generational talents that we're not going to see again. Trent Williams is amazing. All right, I'm not saying that because I'm a Commanders fan. I'm saying look at like just look at what he did for Brock Purdy this whole season. Like he doesn't have to worry about that side, which is ridiculous. Like that's what great players do. Uh, and I believe number four, if we're talking about like a great player, is going to be Sauce Gardner. Like Sauce, really, he he's on the Jets, unfortunately, but he, he is greatness. Like he started out as greatness. He started out great. I was about to say good. No, he started out great, and he's continuing to do great. Hopefully, he gets recognized sooner rather than later. Um, almost like Darrell Reeves 2.0, where it's like, dang, bruh. Sorry you had to play on there for so long. I mean, you were getting the checks, but, you know, money can only go but so far, I guess. But, uh, yeah, man, that was that was great. Also, Commanders just – well, yeah, kind of. Commanders FedEx Fields just announced that uh, USA Men's is going to play Columbia June 8th in Landover. So, go get those tickets uh, if you want to. But, anyway, let's get back to Commanders news. So, season's over. We went four and thirteen, disgustingly, might I add. Um, and we just had to revamp everything. 
Rivera out. Bienemy out. Del Rio been out. <laughs> um, o line coach out. Just got a new one. Let's go over all these changes, man, and let me know what y'all think. Uh, first and foremost, I'm really confused by the Adam Peters signing. Not because I don't like Adam Peters. Love Adam Peters. Think this was a great hiring. I'm confused more as like the uh, what does the front office look like right now? Like it's pretty, it's pretty much up in the air. I still feel like like we don't have like a solid front office right now. Which I know we're getting there, but it still looks a little wonky. Like for instance, Josh Harris is like the Josh Harris is like the manager partner. You know, he's the front runner owner, if you will. But then we have Adam Peters as GM and Mayhew still here as GM. Uh I guess there's nothing preventing you from having two GMs. Because this is like coaching. Like for for people who don't know, uh on the coaching side, right? You cannot one, you can't move for lateral positions if under contract, uh, unless the team, your team has to grant the rights for you to do that. Two, uh, again, if you move for lateral position, it usually can't be. You have to have a promotion. So what you'll see is, like, teams who won't let people go uh, or they're still under contract, they'll go and they'll get, like, an assistant coach or stuff like that to like try to get that title but also you can't hire somebody while somebody's in that role so we couldn't hire our oc while the enemy was there like we had to let go of the enemy then you can go hire oc which we did all that behind the scenes and everything but apparently front office it just doesn't matter so we have adam peters as i look at the website still on the general manager mayhew still on the gm um and Herney's still here as well. Not sure how I feel about that. Apparently, Mayhew has been the odd man out for the last couple of years. Under the Snyder era, he was a uh, quote-unquote token hire. I don't know the validity to that statement. Um, obviously, I'm not inside, but I've heard that from some credible sources. Uh, I heard JP talking about it on the radio as well, along with Brian uh, V. mentioning him. So, yeah, like... I- those men are very truthful. Like they, JP does journalism, but I like to his credit, his journalism isn't all clickbait. Like, do you gotta have some clickbait in there? I mean, you gotta put some showmanship in there. Put it like that. Like, dude, probably is, I give him like ninety to ninety-five percent just straight facts. Five percent, you know, like that Ben Johnson. It was sensationalized a bit. There was a little clickbait. He didn't turn out to work out. Man, you know, you get stuff wrong. Uh, I would like to address it a little bit more. Yeah, but who actually admits their failures? Um, so yeah, like that happened. Not a good look, but is is what it is. So then from there, from the Adam Peters hire, we got the ball rolling, and Dan Quinn, boom. Dan Quinn comes in. Joe Witt, boom. Let me get that. He's like, yo, I'm out. I don't wanna. He's like, I could take you know a burn in the hand worth two in the bush. Washington called Quinn like, hey, you coming? He said, I'm there. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm there. Bam. Uh, and then Cliff Kingsbury out of nowhere. That, like, the Cliff Kingsbury signing was very interesting because of the way he left football. Like, Kingsbury just, like, left the States for a bit, went to Thailand, went to Indonesia, Vietnam, experienced himself. Then came back, coached at USC, 
you know, got Caleb Williams looking amazing. Just a real dope. Sorry, my wife's dancing, looking all beautiful over there. Hey, baby. Uh, <laughs> um, and came back, and yeah, it's like, what the heck, dude? Like, this is how you want to come back? But I'll take it. Every quarterback who we've dealt with has gotten better. Kyler got better under him. I, I'm not saying Kyler's a franchise quarterback, but he got better. He fixed that fumbling issue. Mahomes speaks high praises of the dude. Some of it, you just don't want to talk bad on public TV. Other parts, I genuinely believe, like, yo, you know, a dude actually helped me out. Um, and then Caleb. Caleb talking all good things about him, too. Does that automatically mean that Caleb is going to be our pick? I don't know, y'all. Um, as we've seen, especially for football, coming back home doesn't really do much. It hasn't really worked out for us. Um, yeah, let's just not, like, the coming home aspect of it, eh. Is he a good quarterback, and is he going to be able to lead our franchise to a Super Bowl is what we should be wondering. I don't give a flying fish where you're from. Uh, you could be from anywhere on God's green earth. Can you be a high-talented quarterback in the National Football League? We've seen that this position is one of the hardest positions in pro sports in the world. There's no other sport where one player could take you down like that. Like, I, we saw the Pistons win with quote-unquote no-names. We've seen LeBron get stunned in the finals with quote-unquote random squads just because stuff happens. LeBron brought his squad up in 2004 with nobody on it. You can do it in every other sport. You can do it in the other football as well. Like, I've seen people just take over the squad, have a couple of decent players, and you're able to do it. Uh, I mean... Ah, excuse me. Like, Dempsey did it for us when he was playing on the U.S. men's national team. He took over a couple games. You're like, all right, cool. Yeah, did it. It's hard to do that in pro sports. Like, it's hard for somebody just to take over. Excuse me. It's hard for somebody just to take over and keep taking over consistently and bring the whole team up. It doesn't usually happen in football. But the quarterback is the one position that makes or breaks your team. That you can actually put the team on your back and then everybody else will feed off of that and get it going. But without it, you simply cannot win. There's never been a subpar quarterback who's taken the team to the Super Bowl and won. Excuse me, there have been two. There have been two. I'll, I'll give them credit. Um, Trent Dilford and the Ravens defense. And Kelly for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, just done. I still get it done. Sorry. Um, but yeah, besides that, man, you need that QB. You need that QB, man. It makes everything interesting. And I think Clint, I, I think Cliff Kingsbury can do it. I think Kingsbury can do it. Uh, he's had the run everywhere else. I think he can do it. Um, there's certain games that I think we're going to have a little trouble with with our new staff. And this is just looking at our staff alone. Like, how how we're going to look. Uh, 
Like our home opponents for next year, we're looking at you know the East. So you got Dallas, New York, Philly, and then we got Steelers, Browns, Bears, Falcons, Titans, and Panthers. Not gonna lie. It's a very weak home schedule. <laughs> uh, and when I say weak, I don't mean weak as an opponent. I mean weak as in, um, like, one in the sea, if you will. Like, none of those people pack the star power that I want to go see them, um, regardless of the actual record. Like, last year, when the Niners came into town. Yeah, I want to see that. Like, yeah, I want to see the Niners. Oh, yeah, I want to see Brock Purdy, everything he talked about. Uh, when Brady and the Bucks came, I don't care what the record was. I was going to go see Brady and the Bucks. I was going to go see Brady. But, you know, certain people you want to see. I don't know. what well, Mr. Bishop just got left go. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to see Pickett. Um, Shouts out to that Browns defense. But, I mean, unless Deshaun going to play, which, you know, eh, the contract looking worse by the day. Um. Yeah. And then the Bears, uh, they torched us. They torched us. That was that was the final straw for me for going to home games last year was I had to get just so let y'all know, I had to get on a five thirty AM flight to Oregon that Friday for that Thursday night game. I stayed all the way to the end of that Thursday night game because I was so mad that I rushed after work, picked up my father who lives in who lives in Maryland. I live in Virginia. After work, ran over to Maryland, picked him up, ran over to the stadium, rushed inside to get there by kickoff, took off early, used my PTO to see that botched abortion cluster fluff of a game. Godly, that was disgusting what they did to us. Also, if you were in the stadium that night, it got hotter throughout the night. It was one of those nights where, like, had a random weather event where, like, the pressure kind of stuck around. So it, it got hotter throughout the night. So, like, you're sweating more. It was humid as could be. It, it really wasn't a good game. Um, Atlanta, who knows what they're going to be with Ritter. Um... It's looking like the Titans might like their quarterback. He was he, he was flashy at times, but couldn't stay couldn't stay healthy. And uh, yeah, I just don't know what's gonna happen with Willis. He's looking like a bust. I, I think I think ever since he made that foolish move to take a step down and try to be a big man in the small pond at Liberty, just didn't work out for him. So. It is that. And then whatever's going on with Love and Carolina, God bless him. David Tepper is just hemorrhaging money trying to get that thing fixed down there. I think you realize uh, how great the Roonies are since he's left the Pittsburgh organization. Like the Roonies are one of the greatest families um, in pro sports and the way that they're able to see greatness in their front staff and coaches, it's kind of hard to beat. And uh, 
think David Tepper saw that. He was in that, wanted a piece of his own so that I could do it if they can. And it's only it's only one king. And you know, I say what you want about the rings. Again, Pittsburgh has six. Um, so they're winning, just to be clear. So yeah, like they got it. They got it up there. But yeah, it's just it's just not enticing. I mean, like the best game for a home opponents of next year is probably just the East games. And honestly, that Dallas game is gonna mean more now, which I'm happy to see. So Dallas is finally gonna mean something again. Hopefully we can keep it competitive. Uh not like this year. That was just I mean, I, I, I don't uh, – uh, let's, uh, let's go back and see how, we're, how bad we were. Don't forget, Thanksgiving, a time supposed to be happy, be with our family and bless. We lost 45 to 10. That was the turkey leg game. Like why are all the embarrassing why are all the embarrassing moments of us against the Cowboys? They're not really there against a lot of other teams, but like the the ones that get put up on TV, like when when Zeke jumped into the Ben down in the down the end zone. Now that's a whole thing, and to keep it down there. Now that's been a whole ceremony. That was ridiculous. Anyway, um, and then week eighteen, we lost thirty eight ten. We went 0-6 in the division last year. 0-6. We can't, uh, we just can't do that again. Now, what I've heard about Dan Quinn is different from what I've heard about Rivera. And I know a lot of people have been saying, no, it's not. They're the same guy. I'm going to tell you what's different from what I heard about from Dan Quinn versus Rivera. When they had that interview his first interview as a commander's head coach, he was deferring a lot of questions to Adam Peters. And that's the main difference right there. Dan Quinn is a coach. He ain't, he, he not really with the PR. And when I say not really the PR, I mean like not saying that he is some guy who who's going to kick babies in his off time and piss off grandmothers. No, 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 not that type of guy. He's more of the guy like, hey, bro, like, I'm X's and O's. Ask me any X and O questions. If you want to talk about contracts, talk to that guy. If you want to talk about where the stadium's going, talk to that guy. If you want to talk about anything that ain't got to do with what happens on that gridiron football field, you got to talk to somebody else. But everything that happens on that gridiron, that's me. Special teams, I got you. Defense, I got you. 4-3 versus 3-4 versus nickel, I got you. If we're going to run the Buffalo nickel, we could talk about that. I won't go too deep into my scheme, but we got you. You want to talk about what happened uh, uh, just this season against Green Bay? I even got you with that. It's going to hurt to talk about it, but I got you. He is that guy to be that coach, and players ride for him as just the coach. And that, I think, is going to be the biggest difference between Dan Quinn and Rivera off jump before a single ball is snapped is that. 
Don't forget, Rivera was in the naming process. He was in the press with it. He said, oh, I know. We've been working on this. We're looking at a new stadium. We're looking at this. We're looking at. He was looking at everything and the field, and it didn't work. And it continuously did not work for four years. That was such a long, drawn burnout of just, hey, bro, it's not working. It's not working, man. And we saw how much it didn't work. We saw how much it failed. We saw how much for Veritas looked like a deer in the headlights when it came to certain questions that we thought he should have known as a football coach. Talking about he didn't know we were out of the playoffs. Why? Because he got so much other stuff on his mind. All just, just all those mental errors that he made as head coach really do go out the window now when you have a head coach that doesn't do front office things. We have a front office and we have a coaching staff for once. They are not mixed. They are cordial. They are not friendly. That's what we need. I don't need y'all to be all buddy-buddy and all that. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't need another Bruce situation. Okay? The Bruce and Dan situation was bad off rip because it just the way they just hated they almost hated everybody in there that wasn't a yes man and then you saw it play out and all that anyway yeah i don't need another bruce shanahan situation no i don't need that what i do need is what we're seeing so far again it's very early let's not just jump to any conclusions i do need somebody who's like hey um i've evaluated the talent that i see Here's what I think we need. And then your GM is going to go and say, all right, cool. Well, I can work with that now. Let's talk about QB. Can you see this? And all right, cool. I'm going to get back to you. Let me figure this out. And I'll let you know what we can and can't do. That's what you need from your GM. And that's and that looks like what we have right now. I'm going to give you the players. You can put a little bit of insight, but I'm going to give you the players. You coach them up. Let me be just that, the general manager, like in the store. Let me make those decisions. Let me hire who I need to hire, get in here who I need to get in here. You as the coach, make sure they're ready on Sunday and execute. And we finally have a true front office, and we finally have a true coaching staff that does not mix. Also, we have an owner who knows how to be an owner. We have an owner who knows how to be an owner. But I know we have Mitchell Rails. I know we have um, Magic in there as well. But, like, the way that our ownership group, like Josh Harris, works and how we're not hearing from Jason Wright all the time anymore. Oh, that was frustrating. Nothing against Jason. Nothing against Jason. Let me be very clear. Nothing against Jason. But the way that man had to take straight Bullets to the chest for Snyder was downright unfair. <laughs> it was downright unfair. So, like, but I like how, hey, we have an ownership group. Josh Harris being the front man that he is, he's going to step out there and talk about everything he needs to talk about. When he talks, he talks with authority. And I like that, hey, this process right here is going to be swift and thorough. 
We're going to make a decision soon. We're going to get somebody in here as soon as we can. He did that. You got to respect that. Like, like that's the only way I can say is like, you got to respect that. And what did they do? It was swift and thorough. They looked at a couple of guys, said, thank you very much for your time. They chose the guy who they wanted and moved forward. I don't want to hear about this Ben Johnson kind of oh, oh, the more we hear about that story, the more we hear about how it was in the commander's interest not to move forward. The more we hear about how ah nah dog, you did dirty in your interviews. We we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna hang this one up, man. And I'm not saying that Ben Johnson didn't tell the commanders no. What I am saying is I know the commanders had a list of candidates already, and Dan Quinn was one of them. And when Ben Johnson didn't work out, they said, hey, we're moving on. They, like, the way they made that decision, whenever they got the information, was, okay, next. Okay, next. They were never dumbfounded. They were never, they were never caught flat-footed. They had a plan and they executed. A plan does not mean that plan A worked every single time. A plan is just that you work through every situation, every problem possible to get to a resolution, and that they did. So I'm okay with that, and we need to be okay with it. All right, this is this is looking good. Um, the Joe Witt hire, I think that was amazing, and uh, I don't think we're talking enough about how good his DBs have been and how much that speaks to Dan Quinn when your boy could have been on a known winning team and tried to go for that job or stayed there. And he says, nah, I'm coming over here. Now, also, let's be clear, nepotism is nepotism. Um, the moment Dan Quinn left, I'm pretty sure everybody on that defense staff was a little concerned because when, whenever the new guy comes in, he's going to want to bring his staff. They don't want to be without a job. That definitely plays into this. But the fact that you went before you even got your interview for D.C., that tells me something right there. Like that, that I'm happy about. And then again, Cliff Kingsbury, I'm very happy just to see him on. I'm very happy to know that we have a solid coach with a proven track record of offense who doesn't need to take on the responsibilities of the head coach that got him a little flustered. Do what you're great at. He is a great OC. He's a pride and true an OC. And he gets to do that again. You can't be can't be nothing happy for him when you see that. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Let's do what he needs to do. Also, shouts out to Ryan Kerrigan for keeping his position at the assistant defensive line. Um, that was kind of like I mean, he, he's a grown man. And to be clear, you can do an internship at any point in your life. But that was basically like a paid internship when they brought him back. It was like, hey man, you want a job? You were good at what you did. Come on back. You know, we're trying to hire with them, we're trying to change the culture. That was changing the culture. Seeing Ryan Kerrigan come back like that, that was changing the culture. I like that. I like that a lot. That was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, It's not just business as usual. It's like, all right, we're trying to change it up. 
Was it the 11th hour? Yeah, but still good. Also hired a new O-line coach from the Giants, which I'm not too hyped on. Um, I feel like this. Bobby Johnson, shouts out to you. No, no straight flack to Bobby Johnson. It's just their own line didn't look that good last year. Like it's not like I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, no. It's like nah, like the Giants' own line was not good last year. Y'all went through two quarterbacks. Saquon couldn't even stay upright. He was getting hit two yards back trying to make it. Hey, let's see if that was because he have a crappy GM who couldn't get people in there, or was that him? My only issue is if you're going to get a QB in this draft, O-line has to be number one priority. Like It's kind of funny. In my, in my opinion, O-line should always be number one priority because if you're going to get a QB, you need somebody to protect them. If you're not going to get a QB, you still need somebody to protect the current QB that you have, and you can always get better at that position. So honestly, excuse me. Those five guys are the most important five guys on the field. I would argue your left tackle and center are the most important people. If you have a great left tackle, you can have a decent QB and get going. If you have a great center, you can have a decent QB and get going. Those two positions allow you to keep going with a decent QB or at least make the QB that you have marginally better. So if you're waiting for somebody looking to get one, in the near future, trying to trade for one, having those two things would allow you to do that. Um, so that's why I think like I'll be kind of I I really want like a great online coach, but again, beggars can't be choosers, and we are beggars. The Commanders are beggars. We're new beggars, which I think the ownership group is starting to realize. Like, hey, it's not going to be easy. Putting butts in seats is hard. Especially when you've been neglected for around 20 years. All right. Like, I had a hookup last year for tickets. And even then, I had to stop going because it was just, it was hard to watch, y'all. It was hard to go. It was hard to spend your money doing that. You know what I mean? It was just really hard to spend your money doing that. So... I had to take a step back. I had to say, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. And I feel like a lot of us fans did that. Like, it, it, it was it was really hard last year because we had so much hope and so much faith that things were going to be different on the field for some reason when really, no, we got worse on the field. It was just all the off-field stuff was starting to make its way on the field. And when we found that we were dealing with the off-field stuff and they were able to change that and the team was sold, we thought that that would correct the on-field issues that stem from the off-field. But again, that takes a year or two, not a month or two that they had. So last year was a mulligan. And I know that's hard because it's another year on everybody's body. But last year was a mulligan. This year, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens this year. And it's all going to start with combine talk. So y'all going to get an episode a week from me every Tuesday. I'm putting this out in the afternoon uh, or in the evening, I should say. 
make sure you go on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts, like this, leave a nice comment if you can, and let's just keep going, man. I'm here for y'all. Uh, sorry about the hiatus, man. We're back in action, making sure we're getting these podcasts out. I love y'all for everything y'all do. Again, it's your boy, Big Moves Thomas. Uh, if you stayed this long, I'm no longer endorsing alcohol. Um, psych I lie, bro. Come on, bro. If you stayed this long, I'll get you a shot, man. Let's go. Let's go. Love y'all. See y'all on the next one. Peace.